Well, hello there. This is Keisha Lacey with the Random Horror Show. And to clarify what I said in tonight's podcast before we go into the show, um, yeah, I kind of messed up a little bit, um, especially uh, referring, having a reference to Hannibal Lecter's famous line. I said brains. It's actually a liver with a nice Chianti with some fava beans. So I had to clarify that right there. So just let you know, uh, I said brains, but if he actually said liver, I just couldn't even think of the body part. Duh. Duh. Well, anyways, um, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Random Horror Show. And I am your host, Kusha Lysa. And thank you, thank you for listening to this train wreck of a podcast coming out of the piney woods of East Texas, or you have known, or as I say, the Iron Pine Curtain of East Texas. Um, Of course, this is a horror podcast. Uh, Maybe it's the first one or maybe it's the rarest one that's coming out of this bitch and everything but anyways enough of that shit right there (laughs) but i hope y'all guys are doing well out there washing your asses being safe thanksgiving is coming um you know just make sure you're gonna have at least by like 200 300 on you um you know you never know um shit might pop off um, Thanksgiving is coming very close. Um, also Black Friday too. So if you're going to be hitting the stores, you know, depending on what stores are going to be open for Black Friday, just make sure that you have 250 on you hiding. Um, we just want to make it sure you just have a really safe Black Friday while you're shopping. Um, please, please, if you're going to do that, respect the retail workers, um, do not be close to the door, banging on the door or whatever, um, asking if they are already open and stuff, that's fucking annoying, um, just don't do that, I mean, the stuff is gonna be there, I know it's, it's on sale and things like that, uh, probably some of y'all are still saved up on your, um, child relief checks and child advancement credits <laughs> you know <laughs> checks and shit like that and a lot of people are getting ready for christmas and stuff because of everything what's going on in the economy and everything and i just seen that my um some of my bitcoin kind of slipped down a little bit and also my stocks but we're not going to talk about that but hey that's just how it is and that's just how the cookie crumbles of course here at the random horror show where we film, commentate, and being random in horror, science fiction, fantasy, cult classics, and the obscure in movies, television, and books. And you all know that. You already know the deal. You already know the deal. So, oh, I'm still sipping on my coffee. Got my water and everything. I made some chicken enchilada crock pot stuff just trying out a new recipe just trying out because i'm a crock pot person um i'm a mom and a go on the go and so i make all my meals in a crock pot crock pot will save your damn life every winter from soups to 
anything that you can think of. You can dump it in a crock pot and leave it on for like five or six hours and everything. Um, you are amazing cook because sometimes you can create some good ass shit in your crock pot though. And I got me a rice cooker and stuff. I like the rice cooker, but I noticed this rice cooker, it cooks a little bit too fast. And I noticed that this is actually a return because I looked on the lid and I was like, what is this gross stuff around there? And I was like, oh, somebody used this one time and it had, you know, it bubbled up. What it did, it bubbled up too fast when I was cooking it and they just didn't wash it. You know, they just put it back in there, but I washed it up anyways and stuff. But it actually made my rice very tasty and delicious and stuff. I made, like, salmon um, earlier today. But tonight's podcast is going to be a really, really interesting one. And I know back in 89... When this movie came out, and of course, you know, it was in Blockbuster and your local um, video store or whatever. And I know you have passed this title up. I know you have passed this movie up. Because I have too. You looked at the damn movie. And you said, what is this? This is not horror. You're like, this shit should be in a section of feel-good movies or some kind of comedy or something like that but you looked at the cover of the movie and you bypassed it because it looked too cheesy to you it looked uh so flaky to you it looks corny and you kept doing that all these years well never judge a book by its cover or never judge a horror movie by its cover because the movie I'm going to be talking about, which is the most extremely underrated, the least talked about, the least known movie that I've never heard of anybody really, really just talk talked about it. Maybe like a couple of people, but it's just, you have to catch it, you know, probably like on a, you know, on YouTube or something like that, who, who's really big into horror or something. It's called Parents. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's one of those movies that you would never thought that you just like I'm speechless, and you're just like I didn't know it was like this, and it and it does, and it takes you for a really huge surprise. Parents was one of those movies that you actually you actually cannot find this movie. Um, it's not even on a DVD or a Blu-ray or anything else like that. You have to look through it through streaming services because when it was released, it was you know released pretty small, and the only time you can actually uh, if you actually have it you know that's wonderful because this movie is definitely not been made um since you know it's released in 1989 now it is a horror um dark comedy and dark comedies had like it's uh you know different sub niche you know in horror movies and also, um, maybe like in some dramatic type of, you know, or sometimes it's standalone with, within itself. 
Um, but I remember that that uh, sub uh, niche genre of movie was either it existed alone or it was, you know, side by side with horror. And um, it was really, really, really um, popular uh, back, you know, in that um, that like, you know, ending of like the um, late, late, late 80s until like, I would say maybe like mid 90s or something like that, because it was a lot of um, like a lot of dark uh, comedy and um, dark comedy was actually uh, like an outlet for people who actually um, have like that very morose, morbid side about them. Um, it's some people um, do not like dark comedy because of the subject matter or or how people um, look at you know something you know that happened you know, in a dark and twisted way, and they make a joke about it, um, I know I used to, uh, make this joke, um, when I was a kid, I said, man, if I seen, like, a dog jump off a cliff and commit suicide, I'm finna fucking laugh at that shit, and I just, like, fell out laughing, because, like, I, and I still do, I have, still have a very, um, like a very, I still have a, 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 a morbid uh, side to me, and you know, it's fine, I mean, well, how would you put it, um, it's like borderline Dexter Morgan, <laughs> if Dexter Morgan was a comedian, <laughs> and he would just sit there and just make jokes about the ice, Xbox killer, Trinity killer, well, I remember this one time, the Trinity killer, I was having dinner at his family's house, and, you know, you can, it's like, it's, that's how, like, dark comedy kind of reminds me of, it's like, Dexter Morgan is a stand-up comedian, it really is, but, um, you know, parents also took, like, a very, uh, a very, like, interesting and controversial, um, you know, uh, subject in this movie is cannibalism um we all know all about the cannibalism and everything of course I'm going to be talking about that um later on um in this podcast um but parents uh, it's like this big thing of where you know who when you're a kid you know you're like oh mommy and daddy or daddy and daddy or mama and mama you know whoever your parents are um, you know, grandparents, sometimes your grandparents are like your parents too, foster, foster parents and shit like that. You just like see them and like all in this nice glorious light and you know, they're PTA and take you to the football games and they're shouting and go, you know, Will, go Jessica, you know, they're doing like all this mom and dad stuff, you know, parenting. And what if your parents had secrets and of course every parent has mystery about themselves um there's things that your parents have did before they had you and there's things that parents do when you're you're you know you're growing up and um you know the thing that uh I noticed back in the day is that 
the most normal common thing, the most commonality of a lot of us who grew up, you know, it doesn't matter if you're, you have a divorced parent or whatever, you know, something like that, is that we either found weed or porn or both in their room while we go in there snooping for money or some shit like that or just being nosy. Mom and dad are gone. Let's go look in their room. What they got in here? You know, you might, and then, of course, you know, back in, like, the 70s and the 80s and, you know, some of the 60s and stuff, you may found, like, your dad's, like, Playboys or his penthouse um, stashed in a garage or something like that, you know, and if you was really extra fucking nosy and everything, and you better not, you probably have, you'll probably, and I, pro- I know some of y'all probably have some stories that either you sit there and try to look for something, or you put up something in your mom's room, um, and you found the vibrators, <laughs> what's that, that's her lightsaber, you didn't know what it was, it's a lightsaber right there, Oh, that's that's mama's special little special little thing thing right there when her and daddy uh uh get to having fun time and sometimes daddy ain't there and sometimes she gotta like have fun fun time for herself. <laughs> but yeah, but that's like most of the common things that you know people would say to like yeah, I didn't know that my parents smoked weed or I didn't know my parents had porn or something like that. But, you know, there is a real darker side from the regular shit that we found in our parents' room or we didn't know that they did that. We're like, ew, we grossed out like that. Um, There are parents out there who um, do really dusty, fucked up shit. Um, There's parents that make meth and sell it, you know, until the house blows up and you're wondering why. Like, hey, what happened to the house? Well, we, we sell meth and we blew up the house we're trying to make it um you have parents that you know was in cults or something like that you had parents that oh this is like really really terrible i um you know i didn't know there was uh you know if you know about the the dark web there are parents on there that actually swap their kids with other adults and um and sometimes the parents are having sex with their kids and they speak in code to each other they have this whole fucking network system and it's on the dark web and the fbi knows about it they know about this shit and they like we just can just observe them and watch them and stuff i'm like why don't you burn them hoes down fuck that shit because the real victims is in this crazy ass world while you have parents that actually uh do heinous and sexual abuse and things like that and swapping them out with different adults and stuff is the children and now that is some real horror shit right there for your ass and I was like, why don't they do something? They're like, they can't. I'm like, no, do something. I mean, like, fuck, Chris Hansen had a damn fucking show how to catch a predator. And you see how many people that they caught and everything from, like, priests to teachers to coaches. 
businessmen, fathers, uh, 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 shit. It didn't even matter if they were, uh, uh, they pretended to be a little girl, a little boy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they had a show like this. And there's nothing, this, they don't even, I'm just like, I'm pissed. I think we just need to bring back hangings and shit, especially um, with things like that. I mean, I am a true believer of fucking just murking pedophiles and rapists and all kinds of shit. You know what I'm saying? You know, them motherfuckers got caught and they doing that shit and they've been doing it for a long time and they sit there and cry about it and everything and, and want people to fucking feel sorry. Bitch, I don't feel sorry for you because really, they're actually playing a game on you. Fuck them. They need to die. Excuse me. But parents is kind of like, it's, it's like that. You're... You know, is this boy named Michael? He has a big secret. His parents are cannibals. He, how can you tell somebody like, hey, guess what? My mom and dad, they live normal, but they're not normal. They actually fucking eat people. You know what I'm saying? You know, how can you go from that shit right there? Like, I don't know. But my, you will, uh, you know, you. This is through the eyes of Michael and what he has to, like, put up with. I mean, you have the picture-perfect, idyllic, uh, 50s, uh, American, you know, parents right there, you know, pretty mom and a very handsome dad, you know, shit, the American way. And they have that secret, and it's a, actually a family legacy. So, throughout this movie... They are pushing this family legacy on Michael. Michael does not want to partake in this. And he is terrified. He's scared. He doesn't he doesn't know who to talk to. He doesn't know how he doesn't he doesn't have nobody. He does not have nobody. Um his mother, of course, Lily, she is his protector. And she is she loves him to death, but you know, she partakes in eating human flesh, of course his father, his father's a straight up ass asshole, um, and that was like one of the secrets of like a lot of, um, people back in the day, um, especially, you know, when they talk about their fathers, they especially grew up in their 50s, you know, in the, in this era, 50s era, is that like, their dads were very abusive, either verbally or physically or whatever, um, yeah, it's just crazy though, it's just crazy. But also there was like a change of like the times in the 50s. This is where like a lot of horror movies start like gaining a lot of attention. You had the teenagers, you know, driving movie theaters. I mean, you know, like I was a teenage werewolf. You had like the thing that came out, you know, with James Arnaz. Um, the blob that came out also, that was like really pretty cool. So you had like the teenage years of like the 50s, you know, drinking soda of a soda, soda fountain, you know, let's go to the soda fountain pop, get some pop right and everything. Of course, like heavy petting um, that was going on. So like you had some, you had a, it, a 50s was, was to me is like a very interesting time because after World War Two everything was getting all settled in and stuff, and then you had, you know, you had, I'm gonna say it like this, 50s was like, 50s was like, 
I would call it fake 50s because the the 50s era was like fake as fuck. We had you had great innovations that was ha- you know happening televisions you had like appliances like GE um a lot of things that they threw out at these you know um stay-at-home mothers and stuff like that. I don't find stay-at-home mom like a bad thing and stuff. I was a stay-at-home mom. But you had like a lot of fakery and shit. Um of course, you know it was a it was a very it's a time where it was like a lot of stuff that was brewing before the whole civil rights era um happened and this was like the fakery they was faking the funk throughout this decade they really did it was some great things they came out in the 50s like horror movies um the rise of horror movies the popularity of horror movies thank you teenage kids and of course rock and roll and shit they were very afraid they was they were they were afraid of change and that's what it was and it was michael who uh stood his ground but it was all about uh michael uh you know he was he was just not part of that family he was just not part part of that family legacy and, and what they did and his father was like very very livid because michael was not with program he michael's like i'm not with this assignment i'm give me a fucking f and i need to leave but anyways um we're gonna go right in and we're gonna dive into some nice delicious entrails and um barbecue toes and fingers and maybe we eat a squishy eyeball at that uh with tonight's podcast of parents and of course we're gonna break from our sponsor from Anchor FM. Hello, hello, hello there. And welcome back to the Random Horror Show. And I am your host, Keisha Lacey. And thank you for listening. Thank you all podcast listeners from Spotify to Anchor to Breaker, Breaknecker, Shot Collar, Whatever free radio platform that you are listening to this podcast, thank you for listening to this little rinky-dink train wreck of a horror podcast show coming way, way deep into deep in the woods of the piney woods of East Texas or the Iron Pine Curtain as we all call it. Um, Of course, this is the pretty much the only maybe the only rare very rare horror podcast coming out of these east texas woods uh, if you have visited east texas you know we are known for our pine trees our small idyllic uh towns of taking you back to yesterday years <laughs> lots of changes of course we still have the small mindedness of all of the um 10 churches on one block um you will find that here but of course we are pretty much known for the beautiful uh scenic route of our wonderful pine trees and lakes and all of that good shit right there but anyways i got a podcast show for you if anybody 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 have remembered back in 89 there was this very small 
underrated, undetected movie. It was in the horror section, but it looked like it didn't belong in the horror section. You just looked at the cover and passed it by. Because you know you buy, you know you you written at the Blockbuster or your local uh, video store of all the greats, of all the hits and misses, all the B uh, horror movies or whatever. And you sit there and just look at it and you're just like, that's not a horror movie. That's just some flip-flop shit. And guess what? I was one of those people that sit there and passed this movie since 89. At 11 years old, I sit there and bypassed this for like, shit, almost 30 years. Yeah, cool. I can't do the math, but it's close to 30 years until one day I actually sat down and, um, I put it on and I was like, you know what, let me check this out. And I was like, man, what the hell was I thinking? And that movie is called Parents. Parents is one of those horror black comedy movies. Um, black and dark comedies were very, uh, very, very uh, popular during that time. You know, you had Beetlejuice, you know, with Renata Ryder playing Lydia. She's one of my favorites. Uh, it was, it was, it was, you know, had, you had Serial Mom, you know, from John Waters. John Waters always had the, the black comedy uh, uh, he had that shtick going on, of course, like, happening in Maryland, that's where all his movies take place in Baltimore, Maryland, because he's hailed from Baltimore, Maryland. You had so many black comedies during that time where you was like, is this for real? And then you kind of thought about it, and you're just like, whoa, whoa, I actually kind of do think morbid, you know, oh, that was some macabre crap, I do think like that, and, uh, dark comedies, they actually pull out those, those bits of us that we have a sense of humor, but what if that sense of humor was, <laughs> was on the dark side, and there's people that do have a very dark, uh, comedic you know dark side about them and actually there's nothing wrong as long as you're not harming children and animals and and you know people with it but um people were like actually like relieved that there was these type of movies that came out that highlighted and went in deep about black comedy um you know dark comedy was it wasn't light. It wasn't like fancy free and and ha. <laughs> it was more of did that person say what I just thought they said? You know, if you were at work and this guy, you know, he's just he's just regular as shit. He looks regular, he talks regular, it's just a normal ass regular Joe. And he starts opening his mouth. And he has a normal conversation with all the other co-workers. But he actually pinpoints some of the people that actually uh, have, like, a positive response to his 
darker comedic side. And so he throws in one of those really like macabre jokes or something that he did long time ago. It's on the borderline of Dexter. <laughs> but you're actually normal, but you're not going to do nothing like that. And you do have like that ha ha ha, you know, you kind of like, oh, you too? You're, you, you, wow, yes, you know, you're vibing. But then you have those, it's like, oh my God, you know, <gasps> clutching pearls. Well, there was a lot of dark comedies that uh, came out. Um, I remember it was like one called The House of Yes. It had like Parker, po Parker Posey and it was a dark comedy. And uh, it was her dressing up like Jackie O because she looked up to Jackie O. And um, she has like this big, huge, huge, like flaming, like lady boner for her brother. And, and the story like plays out like that. And you're just like, you know, because a lot like it took over like where uh, you had your indie movies. They started doing uh, have the elements of dark comedy also. But dark comedy was very, very, uh, it was very niched. Um, there's probably like over like 2000 movies that ranges from like dark comedy horror to like just regular dark comedy or something like that. But you know, it's, it's a very, uh, small niche of that genre and you know, that subgenre of that. Well, parents is one of them. Parents was like that fear <laughs> that your parents are cannibals. And this extremely underrated, not talked about dark comedy horror movie is that you have parents that are cannibals. And they're trying to push their cannibalism legacy on their son. How effed up that is right there. And you know, you and, and of course, horror, we have it in real life. Um, you know, where you, things are stranger than fiction. You know, um, you know, real life is stranger than fiction where you have parents that have done heinous crimes uh, parents that just make and sell meth and, and their kids don't know until the house blows up. And then there's the cops. You also have some really, really, really deep, dank, nasty, I mean, parents that do awful things, um, you know, to their kids, you know, sexually or, or whatever. And, you know, there is, and, and, and you can look it up, and they're having it on the dark web of parents that um, actually swap their children out um, with people that have sex with them. I was like, oh my god. And, you know, the FBI actually has no, they do know that is going on, but they just can't do anything because, of, you know, the evidence. But they have it where they you know, they speak in code, and it's really, really terrible, and 
I wish they would just go in and just literally just set these type of people on fire and just you I'm just like if they're speaking in code you know what's going on Chris Hansen and sit there and put a damn show out on shit like this and everything don't sit back and say oh we just gotta watch them and stuff but they are watching and it's crazy but you have parents that do stuff like that and that is tragic right there I feel so sorry for the kids and the, and the guess who's the ones that's suffering is the children but parents is is something that like I've have like really just 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 been like just damn that's just how my like whole reaction with this movie is damn because of the because of the graphic uh nature of it the um storyline of it because a lot of times when you're a kid, you know, you're growing up and you have your parents or you have your parents, grandparents, or whatever, whoever you grew up with, um, that was the adult figure in your life that was feeding you and clothing to you and everything else like that. Um, sometimes they have a secret life. Some of them um, do things that... Um, you don't need to know you have some parents that are swingers and their kids don't know so you're seeing like oh mom and dad or dad and dad or mom and mom or something like that and you see that outer shell version of them and then years and years later you come to find out that your parents were not the people that you seen you know, while they're giving you love and hugs and kisses, you know, making your uh, P PBJ, you know, for lunch and things like that. And, of course, you know, as kids, we run up on some shit that our parents are doing. Um, you know, we may see that maybe one of our parents has been cheating on, you know, mom or dad. Uh, you know, you may find something that your parents have been all up into. Like, that was the, the the one thing that the commonality, the common thing that a lot of kids, they have found, you know, say, like, in their parents' bedroom is, like, either weed or porn. You know, oh, my God, I found, like, porn <laughs> in my parents' bedroom. Or, oh, shit, I didn't know my parents smoked weed. You know, that's, like, the most common things that we see or found in our parents' bedroom while we're snooping around being nosy. But this kid right here, whoo, boy, 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 he has, he has a big deal pickle on his plate. Well, the synopsis of parents is that Michael... You know, he, he just knows, like, his parents are, like, being fakey fake. He's, like, this is taken back in the 50s. And I like that it's taken, in, you know, this is setting in the 50s and stuff. This is where you had a lot of secret rooms. You had, like, secret viewings, um, things like that. And we're going to talk about that later on. But he uh, realizes that his parents are always, like, these huge just carnivorific, you know, just, 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 just loving them some damn meat, meat is what's for dinner, beef is what's for lunch, and, 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 and breakfast, and late night snacks, and shit like that, you know, he 
it's like, what's wrong with him? There's something really wrong with him. He, he knows that. He knows that. But his mother is like that picture-perfect 50s housewife. And then, you know, he has his dad. Um, he, you know, works for this company, you know, with dead bodies. He's, he works in the mortuary. He's a mortician. But he noticed that, like, his dad always have some big old chunks of brontosaurus meat. Like, shit, he's like Fred Flintstone bringing the brontosaurus burgers, them damn Tyrannosaurus Rex ribs, uh, them Triceratops, uh, pork tenderloins he's just kind of like i don't know but michael is actually like a veg he's a vegetarian so he's like i don't want to eat that you know i eat these vegetables i don't trust that shit um it also like has it where where the child michael is like who cannot trust with this because he has a lot of bad dreams. Did I say bad dreams? That man, that just that's just this country just came out bad dreams. He has a lot of bad dreams, and really, his bad dreams are actually when he wakes up in the middle of the night and he sees his parents doing some odd, weird shit. Um, he finds a little friend and stuff, and you know, her parents and his parents are like real good friends. Um, you know, how the typical, you know, couples, you know, playing Parcheesi or some shit like that. Oh, Chex Mix and shit. Like, they never had Chex Mix before, but they just love the fuck out of some Chex Mix. And so, he is, like, having so much trouble because, you know, first of all, he's the new kid in town. Second, he looks like shit you know he's very gauntly he's he you know he's just just a gawky boy and he just doesn't look like he just you know he just doesn't have the snuff he just looks like he's just scared all the time he just looks like a scared puppy dog you know just came out from the rain and shit that's how he look and he's he's always so sad he has those very sad eyes you have sad eyes well you know, he talks to his counselor, and his counselor is like, well, you know, since you're talking about all these little weird delusions and about your parents and everything else, like that, let's go make a trip and go see, you know, we just want to make sure that, you know, you're just not making this up, you know, you're just being a very imaginative boy, because you're new in the school, you know, you're trying to settle in, and you don't feel like you fit in and everything, and that's one of the things that sometimes, um, kids, you know, when they don't feel like they fit in, like with a certain group or certain peers at school, um, you know, they, they tend to, like, go in this imaginary world, so they can actually comfort themselves, um, you know, I mean, they, they, they have to do that, and, you know, but it's good that he, um, goes to the counselor, because his teacher found a, ooh, one of those little disturbing-ass drawings and stuff, and, yeah, that's the reason why he's sent to the counselor, but overall, like, parents is not your typical, you know, movie to where it's, like, corny 
you know, or like, ah, this is some bullshit or whatever, because you see the cover, you know, of the movie, if you're, you know, happen to be browsing through Blockbuster or, you know, on streaming services or whatever like that, but it is a very, very underrated movie to where, um, I actually made myself watched it in, and G. Willikers, yeah, if I say G. Willikers, it, it's something serious. Um, it was some parts in there that, um, it had me a bit shaken up because, I mean, I, 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 I just couldn't believe it myself, you know, like, I was like, wow, this movie, uh, surprised me, especially, um, with the macabre, uh, you know, uh, you know, movement with it, and the tone of it, I mean, even, um, down to where you just, you're so, you're so scared for Michael, you really are, you are so scared for him, you just want him to just run away, but then you're like, where can he run to, he's 10 years old, he's like, how can he get away from them, you know, there wasn't no CPS back then, and you're just, you're just, you're, you're so scared for him. You just like, can I take him out of this nightmare? And, and it was, it was a nightmare for Michael. And I just felt so sorry for this little boy, you know, to be living with actual cannibals. And they're, you know, and you have it where they're trying to push their legacy, you know, their, <clears throat> their culinary delights on him, and he stands his ground, and for him to be, um, the way how he is, to, like, actually, like, stand up to his parents, to, like, look, I know exactly what you're doing, you're, 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 you're eating people, and I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't fly like that, you know, I just want just a regular ass, uh, uh, animal, you know what I'm saying, I want chicken, I want a cow, you know, you may throw a damn goat up in that bitch, but I'm not eating people, so he does, he stands up, uh, to his father, and, um, and we're going to talk about that too, right there, because, oh my gosh, um, I'm going to let you know who the actors are and everything, um, in this movie, so saddle up, grab you a plate, maybe kind of thigh, you know, maybe a couple little toes, you know, just to nibble on as like hors d'oeuvres as the Random Horror Show tonight's podcast, we are going to be film commentating and being random with the 1989 film dark comedy and horror and i'm telling you it, it kind of shook me up a little bit and everything of parents after we get back from our sponsor at anchor fm thank you and welcome back to the segment of where we're going to be talking about parents here at the random horror show and like I said, Paris is one of those very extremely underrated, um, not really too much talked about 
movie that was on the cusp of going into the 90s where it dealt with a very strange, you know, um, topic, which is cannibalism. But that was besides the point. The whole main point of the movie is that we don't know our parents. And so Michael is our, uh, he's kind of like our, he's pretty much kind of like our protagonist in this movie. And they move into a nice house and dad gets a nice job and, and mom is at home making succulent dinners and breakfasts and stuff. Um, I liked how it was set in the 50s. As I mentioned, um, the 50s were that time period where, you know, everything was wholesome. Because after World War II, um, people went back to their normal lives. You know, you had all these appliances. You had these new discoveries. You know, people had TVs and you know, and have, and you know, it was basically kind of like, um, back in those days, you had, a uh, white flight, a uh, white flight is, uh, you know, white people that flew from areas, uh, that was mostly, you know, it was mostly black people, and so they had set them up in these little suburbs, this is like the spring of, like, suburban life, and where they can get like a very easy, typical loan on a house, um, move their families, you know, this is a clean space and, you know, and we're, we're, we're here for you and, you know, you got the homeowners association and things like that. But also, um, you had like the dinner parties, you had the couples that, um, had like their game night where they're playing Parcheesi or any type of, you know, Baccarat or some kind of type of game where they, uh, congregate with each other. You had dinner parties, you had hors d'oeuvres, you had weird things, uh, especially with the culinary part when you had a lot of women that was like at home, um, they have to put on the part with the lipstick, the crimped hair, the gorgeous dresses and stuff, um, just be like a gracious hostess, um, yeah, they had some weird culinary stuff, like, had to do with spam, some of them has to do with jello, um, you had these jello molds and junk like that, and I remember my grandmother actually had some of those cookbooks, and I used to thumb through them, and there was some weird ass recipes that had to do with 7-Up, and jello and uh cherries and things like that that was that was some odd recipes for food um but you had a a secret darker side of the 50s um you know you had men and women um back in that time especially when they had to hide like their homosexuality they could be married and stuff like that um there was people that had like these home movies where they called snuff films back in the day were actually porn films and you had you know one of the guys in the neighborhood he's like hey you know carl let's go you know we're having boys night out and everything and let's go and watches a film downstairs in the basement and stuff so the wives are out gone or maybe they're you know swapping recipes as they say um and they're 
mostly it was, you know, porn films or some of them, you know, who had like, you know, that secret life of, of, you know, they're gay and everything. And, you know, they kind of felt out like, oh, you know, Bob is gay and, you know, we're not going to have like a spoken word about it and stuff, but I know he's into guys and stuff. I mean, there was like shit like that, uh, going on. I mean, you had like where some of them had like secret clan meetings. You had a whole ton of secret things that goes on, you know, in the 50s. And of course, that's like really where the horror uh, genre started to pick up a lot. Um, you know, I was a teenage werewolf and the blob and things like that, because now since like the society of what it, it was changing back then, you know, you had your teenagers and stuff, they're like, we're bored, you know, uh, let's go out to a drive-in movie and stuff. I mean, you had, um, them courting and, you know, you, you had like shows like Father Knows Best and, uh, the Donna Reed show, everything that shows like an idyllic, perfect American family. Well, this American family has a very terrible secret. Um, you know, they're cannibals and Michael is sweating pins and needles. It's like every time he eats dinner, he doesn't know, like, is it going to be something strange I mean he eats his vegetables and of course that was like a big thing like eat your vegetables you know and a lot of kids like I don't want my vegetables but Michael's like I'm gonna eat these yummy things you know he sometimes have a snack and stuff but his mother she is the perfect idyllic 50s um housewife everything kept clean dinner's on the table hot and ready for dad to, when he comes home from a hard day's work um you know, she was very protective of Michael, though she did participate, and she, uh, you know, ate people, you know what I'm saying, whenever she met her um, husband. Now, I'm just going to tell you who is the actors that's in this movie. I, so I forgot to, to tell y'all that. Uh, we all know him as like, oh, homeboy off of <laughs> Independence Day, crop dusting his shit, who, up yours, Randy Quaid, Randy Quaid uh, is the brother of Dennis Quaid, you know, inner space, Dennis Quaid was married to Meg Ryan, um, but Dennis Quaid is actually, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Dennis Quaid is from Houston. Oh, Houston, Texas, you know what I'm saying, so, you know, that, like, makes sense right there, you know, he was also in Midnight Express, but he has, like, a very, uh, very lengthy and very memorable, um, acting career, and, you know, he from that H-Town and everything, but Dennis Quaid has actually, no, excuse me, Randy Quaid, excuse me, Randy Quaid, he always played, like, the kooky, you know, the, the, the off, of characters that he plays, and he embodies that too, but, um, to see, like, Randy Quaid, like, all, like, 50s dad, he actually fit his character, um, in this movie, um, you have Mary Beth Hurt, she plays the mom in this movie, um, she was in, like, you know, Six Degrees of Separation, 
um she's a three-time tony award actress so like yeah you had some like pretty good actors in here um you know but dennis quaid really um you know there's people that didn't don't like dennis quaid there's people that do like i mean randy quaid god i'm getting him mixed up sorry 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 randy quaid but you know randy quaid has like carved his own uh you know his own niche in his acting career and you just can't forget you know randy quaid but um you know he plays nick you know there's michael and there's lily and they're like that idyllic you know 50s uh family and everything and then you also have deborah rush um if y'all don't know who deborah rush is she plays uh she plays in many many movies and stuff she really do and she is so hilarious and everything i mean she was an american wedding and you know she was with, with uh in strangers with candy and you know of course like the good girl with like jennifer aniston but deborah rush she, she plays like some cool ass movies she really did she really did but um but yeah so michael he's just like oh my god uh, is this gonna be uh, is this gonna be an animal or a person so he goes up to bed because like he's like i'm not hungry that much you know i'm just gonna eat a little bit i'm gonna push my food away you know eat a little bit of these vegetables and stuff and nick is like pretty upset he's trying not to lose his cool um the dynamic between um michael and nick is very uh it's like a, a, a it's like a volcano uh it's building up and stuff because he uh nick feels that like he's losing so much control over michael and he tries his father's knows best you know dad routine on him but michael is just not having it and stuff but i like i said lily um his mother she is very protective of michael though she do want michael to you know eat the meat that they bring home his dad brings home and everything and he's just like i'm 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 not feeling it well michael has like this really strange fever dream and so he thinks that he is having this fever dream but actually he wakes up in the middle of the night and he sees that his parents are on the floor rolling around you know they're getting all their little sexy sexy time and they're they have blood all over them and he is just like what are you doing why is this red stuff all over them and <laughs> damn you know michael is scared because he's like he's never seen his parents like that and so they shoot him away um she made sure you know that he gets in bed um you know she just it, it scared the crap out of him and he's just he's confused he really is it's so 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 confused well he goes to school and he tell, lets everybody know that he's new you know that he came from whatever town that he went to um and so he meets a girl named sheila sheila is just strangely weird 
um sheila is the daughter of mrs zellner which is one of their neighbors that they um get really close and tight-knit with and everything with the whole parcheesi and the checks mix and shit like that and sheila is just like sheila is just being sheila she's like i'm adopted I, I you know i'm a unicorn i grow ears you know i'm invisible and all that crazy shit so they become friends even though michael like she's a little strange but you know she reached out to me and you know we play and stuff like that well nick he works at a more you know so nick brings home literally the bacon the leg the ear the head you you name it <laughs> you name it but he is so slick with his stuff that he does because he always asks them if they have anybody that's fresh you know like oh they got a fresh kidney you know they got a fresh you know, femur or something like that. So, um, he does. He have, brings his tools to work. Um, he makes sure that the bodies are nicely welled and sewed up because he's over that department. So, he's undetected of what he's doing. So, he's not going to arousal any type of suspicion that he's actually still in body parts and people <laughs> so he can feed his family. Well, Michael makes a really disturbing picture in school and his teacher is like oh i need to um send him to the counselor well the counselor is like she's cool she's laid back you know she smokes cigarettes she smokes cigarettes in her office and she you know she's she's just being a nice counselor and so Michael is very hesitant to talk to her because he's not really trying to open up because this is a big humongous secret that he's carrying. I mean, look at those sad ass eyes. Look how waste his body is. Like, look how that is and everything. He is terrified because he can't even find anybody to trust. And if he, like anybody knows like his secret and stuff, he is literally dead meat all right well i had a, like a long pause right there that was the longest ass pause <laughs> but where was i uh yeah but michael bless his heart really bless his heart and like i said he uh gets with the counselor he doesn't trust her because you know he doesn't want to let her know the terrifying secret like hey you know um my parents are cannibals and they eat uh, people, you know what I'm saying? So she recognized that he needs a little bit of time, you know, for him to start trusting and opening up to her. Now, they have, like, went up with the Kellers and they're having, like, all their little parcheesy, you know, and she makes this iced tea and they're like "Ooh, this iced tea got some spark in it you know it was a long island iced tea it was like oh wow then she's like "Ooh, what is this you know this is uh lily she's they're like checks mix and she's like "Ooh, this is so delicious so you know they have to like pretend to like actually like the food that regular people eat and you know because they were actually putting on airs they were putting that mask on 
to like look like a very normal you know married couple and stuff and you know and the kids they did some weird playtime shit especially their daughter Sheila and so Michael he was just like you know I'm gonna follow my dad and see what the heck he actually does because he's doing this like whole like Chris Hansen Scooby-Doo investigation by himself so he waits uh, for his, you know, he he goes back to the uh place that his dad works at because he took, because he got in trouble one time at school and he took Michael to work and there was like, they do like a lot of, uh, he does take care of the dead bodies, but he also works in that company where they do like all these like different type of like you know extermination like they were they were like uh, uh uh like exterminators so he was like showing michael like look what is that at my damn window you know it's probably my cat i have my window up but like he shows michael like oh look this is nothing but a green lush rainforest it's like in this little terrarium and stuff and they sprayed this chemical that they were going to use to like destroy parts of the rainforest to like make sure they can like bulldoze all that shit and build new houses and you know we're going steady into the future the future is pesticides and so when michael looks back there is nothing there but no grass just dead just death and that was really that was really terrifying for Michael to see something like that. Well, he does make it back into the uh, building, the place that he works at. And he's literally like, I want to make sure that, uh, I hope that I'm wrong, that my dad does not, is not that person to pick up, you know, meat at his job with dead people. So he hears you know somebody walks in and it was his dad man also michael's very curious about the dead and things like that so his curiosity led to them but he was really just doing his own full investigation and pretty much uh michael witnessed when he was hiding that his father had his special tools to uh, do like a very skilled slicing and dicing of dissecting the bodies taking fresh you know entrails like liver uh hearts and stuff like that boy i keep getting interrupted all the damn time what the hell shit i'm trying to record a podcast damn oh my gosh Oh my gosh i was like you know the my dog molly had some puppies uh two of them passed away she had a really hard labor and then um didn't even know she was caring for her she's like a yorkie mix she's a very small dog and the second one the fourth one actually just slid out and we we're just like whoa we thought it was over but she had um two girls and one of the girls passed away yesterday so 
I cried. I cried last night. Oh my god, I cried. I was just, I shut down. Oh boy. Parenting. Dog parenting. Kid parenting. You know, my son's like, one of her puppies died. I'm like, oh, I can't. I was like, I can't. I can't. Because I was with her during her delivery and stuff. It was really rough and tough on her. So she's got one living. So, um, it is what it is. That's just how the circle of life is. And I gave them a very nice, beautiful burial. Um, buried up under the cedar tree. So, but yeah, uh, Michael, um, he was he he was in shock to see that his father was carving out like a liver and asking uh, one of the um the employees came down and asked him some questions and he was just asking like is this a fresh liver you know how fresh was his body et cetera et cetera and he carved him like it was a Thanksgiving turkey and stuff and so. You know, he dropped his tool, and Michael picked it up, and, um, like I said, he didn't even know Michael was in there, and then he, you know, took the liver and some of the parts with him, and Michael was walking home, you know, this is like dark, dark, like dark 30, and he sees Michael walking, and he gets him, and he was just like, hmm, what are you doing, you know, late at night, walking around, and you know you're supposed to be at home doing your homework, you're supposed to be with your mom and everything, and so it was like some complete silence, like, very, very intense, and, and I'm gonna tell you, it's very intense, you have those very intense scenes with Michael and Nick, because Michael was just fighting and defying his father, and his father's like, no, boy, you better not defy me. You're going to eat these, this, 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 this human flesh or else. And he gets real, real, I mean, very vicious with Michael, um, especially at the dinner table when they came home. Um, Michael had the little tool in his pocket. Well, he was like fiddling with it at the dinner table. He dropped it. And his dad picked it up. He was like, oh, shit, you know, he's going to find out that I was actually was there whenever he was, you know, uh, cutting out this liver and stuff. And then, you know, and he's just like, okay, boy, you see exactly what I was doing. And he gets real, real, oh, my God. And that was the, oh, I was, like, on pins and needles. Oh, my gosh. You ever, like, watch, like, an intense scene, like, your booty hole be tightened up? It was like that at the dinner table. And, you know, like, when you have those dinner table talks and, you know, you got in trouble at school and your father <laughs> has that real stern talk and, you know, he's just going on and he's asking you questions and you're so terrified to like answer him. You're just like, yes, no, sir. Yes, no, no. You're like that or you just don't say nothing because you're, because Michael seen his father as a monster. Now his mother, he sees her as his angel, but he knew that she was a part of it because, you know, 
she's married to his father and Lily you know she diffuses the situation and the tension at the dinner table and that was some straight up ass tension at the dinner table so he goes to bed you know he was like you ain't shit you going to bed so Michael goes to bed he has a you know another fever dream and this is like a wild ass like dream that he has I mean it was very very deeply like disturbed and very psychological because this is like what's going on in Michael's mind is that he was like how can I deal with the reality that my parents are like this and he see he was so lost I mean poor little guy and he keeps hearing all this noises you know in the vents and he knows that his uh, father has told him that he cannot go down to the cellar whatsoever anyways and so he did and he sees there is a dead freaking body sitting up there just chilling on the windowsill by the window by the window it scares the hell out of him so he jumps up and he runs out and everything and um you know he gets a snack to make it like look you know i got you know got hungry i'm gonna snack you know said to like you know he does not want his dad to know that he's seen a actual dead body um in the house well he does open up a lot to his um counselor and his counselor she's you know she's she's trying to understand him and you know and he tells her like you know my parents are kind of a little off and strange why don't you come by the house and you know come over here for dinner and you know just check it out because i've there's actually a dead body in my house and you know you're the only person that i trust that you for yourself because you're being an outsider and you know it's wrong and so she goes in and they're going the house and there is that body right there and she 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 runs and and he go and she goes inside the um she goes inside the pantry now the mom is there now uh you know the dad comes in he sees that his car parked there um you know he he's like okay now somebody's in here and knows our secret so she's in the pantry like just you know hiding and shit and you see a knife and all kinds of oh my god it's stabbing her oh my god i was just like pins and needles pins and needles and you wanted her to like survive but unfortunately she did not survive um shit they had like school counselor that night they flambayed her ass and oh they had a feast on her and shit and michael at this time he is he's like i, I about had this shit i am i had it you know i'm gonna stand up this is where michael finds his voice and he's like i know what you're doing I'm not eating that shit. It's wrong. It's it's not in our nature to like eat that. And his dad gets very extremely upset. And I'm talking about when Randy Quaid 
when he does a character like that, he is unhinged. He is unnerved. I mean, he is so good at what he does of playing these types of characters. And this is the one character that Randy Quaid played that did not come for play play. <laughs> he did not come for play play with this shit. And boy, what you talking about? Um, he starts to he he literally is he's gonna kill Michael. He was ready to kill Michael and his mom's like, You are not gonna hurt him. And Michael actually did stab him and he was like this little boy has stabbed my ass what how can you defy me I am your father you must listen to me and you're gonna eat the meat you know he was like I turn her like eat the cake anime I always hated that eat the cake anime yeah he was like Michael you're gonna eat the meat and he is he is on the run for his life and well guess what lily's like you're not gonna hurt him and she 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 does some shit to her husband and guess what he stabs her he stabs and kills lily that was the only person that Michael looked up to, though she's doing wrong shit too, but she was very protective of Michael, you know, she knows he's just a young boy, and I don't think in the most least that she really wanted Michael to, like, eat that, but she could tell that Michael, uh, did not like it, he, he didn't care for it, you know, he, he was just, you know, she was more accepting to Michael of, like, really, just not taking part of like this family <laughs> legacy of cannibals and yeah he kills her and so michael's ends up ends up in the cellar and michael <laughs> he's just like okay i'm gonna have to fight my dad what can i do so you know, his dad's sitting there screaming and hollering at him, and there was, like, this, they had a lot of wine and everything, and the wine, like, case falls on him, and, you know, it fucks him up, and there was gas, and there's a fire going on, so, that shit was crazy, though, but you thought the whole thing was over with, and Michael is actually set free, um, guess again, bitch, Michael goes to his grandparents, and this is actually his dad's parents, and so Michael is like, I'm with grandma, I'm grandpa, I'm safe, I don't have to endure all that, that horror, that, that, that nightmare, I'm traumatized, this boy got PTSD, and everything else, I mean, you name it, you name it, oh gosh, until... You know, his grandparents tuck him in the bed and they put a glass of milk out there. And guess what, puss? Oh, just sat right there on his nightstand. A big old juicy stack of stack of human flesh on two pieces of light bread and maybe some mayo. 
That sandwich was dry, but it actually had human flesh. And that was the end of that movie right there. But I kind of see why, like, Parents was, like, a bit of a movie that wasn't talked about because it actually dealt uh, with a lot of things, not just only just the cannibalism part. Uh, you know, we know cannibalism, it, you know, uh, different cultures uh, partake in cannibalism. Um, usually they eat the flesh of, you know, a person. Um, sometimes it's rich is ritual, you know, uh, you know, absorbing the spirit and the soul of that person. Um, some motherfuckers just like to eat damn human flesh and shit cause they hungry. Uh, we also had a movie out years ago, uh, retelling the story of a plane crash um, I think it, like, landed in South America or something. Was it called Alive or something like that? And the survivors had to survive on, you know, human flesh from, you know, the plane crash, um, you know, um, victims that died in that plane crash. And so the surviving ones have to live and try to stay alive and keep their nutrients and, you know, their strength up, you know, because they didn't know if they was going to, they was going to die. So they didn't have nothing to eat and it was in the mountains and stuff and they had to eat human flesh. It, it was, they did not like it, but they had to, um, you know, sustain their, you know, to survival on eating the dead passengers flesh and you I mean that is very controversial because you know cannibalism is frowned on a lot but in some cultures um cannibalism is actually um cool you know they actually do that because they feel that you know, spiritually, they can be stronger or they can, um, gain some certain, um, powers or like a different type of, um, enlightened spirituality with cannibalism. Um, but, you know, we had Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer was like our American cannibal, you know, he, um, killed people and, stuffed them in the freezer and he ate on their flesh i mean there have been um you know modern times of people that have had um done that and you know jeffrey dahmer is like the late famous one that we know that killed uh low-income people you know especially black people and he lured them in and you know he killed them he chopped them up and put them in the freezer and Shoot, he had a, you know, he had a, he had a fiesta with that shit. Um, a known person that, um, you know, the Silence of the Lambs, you know, with Dr. Hannibal Lecter, who, you know, told Clarice that he had his brains and shit with a nice Chianti with some fava beans. <laughs> I can't do that. I used to do that right there. But, you know, you have like, you know, talking about Hannibal Lecter, how he, ate his um patients and stuff like that and the deeper meaning of like parents like I said is do we actually know our parents um because parents 
do keep mystery and things from you know their children um usually it's the shield um you know it's the shield of a lot of things that's you know they don't want their kids to know that they participate in maybe like nude cornholing or something or you know or they swingers or some shit like that you know they don't want their kids to know that they do adult things like that and um you know it's it's not it's not a bad thing that you know your parents keep things that what they do because they do have to have some type of identity just because they're your parents does not mean that um uh, you know, they basically, you know, just do this and do that and, you know, look all normal. You know, you have to think about your parents. They, um, you know, they're human beings. They, you know, they have fetishes. They have all kinds of stuff. I know it's like, oh my gosh, you know, if you, you think about it, you're like, oh my God, what if my parents was like, you know, in some kind of cult? But you had like parents that were in a cult. I know Rose McGowan's, um, parents was in a cult and they had to escape from Italy and they came over to the United States uh you have you know things uh, of that nature of you know different you know people that you see on tv or in your normal walk of life and they can tell you a story like yeah um yeah my parents they ran a drug uh, a drug ring or you you'll hear some wild wild ass stories from the mundane to the far out left we are going into outer space type shit and you had a young boy that you know we you know you looked at him as thinking that he's weak but he really wasn't weak and like for him to be like really gaunt and sickly looking and you know, he really didn't have a lot of friends. He didn't fit in and things like that. He had like a lot of uh, emotional um, strength with it. He's, you could, he, you know, he's going, he's going to be fucked up for life forever. And, and then, you know, he, but he deals with it in his own way to like stand up to his father because you know you could tell his father was a very abusive person you know he was uh very narcissistic he uh you know just you know just taking these little jabs at michael and he's a, just a 10 year old boy and michael oh just wanted like a really true and awesome father to like play football with him or catch or anything else and then when you see how the family is put together you know you have lily she's perfect you know 50s mom blonde hair and everything else everything right and tight in the right places and stuff no makeup smudge and shit and then you have nick who is like you know glasses you know clean clean cut um, he has a very respectable job. He's decent and everything. And then you see Michael and Michael just doesn't fit in because that's like the emotional, 
you know, abuse of like how his father has been doing because you can tell that Michael has been suffering a like for a long time and it shows right through Michael's eyes because he is sad he is lonely he is confused he doesn't even like he doesn't even know if he in a way in a sense he didn't know if he was gonna live or he's gonna die um he had I mean he was carrying a very huge burden and that's what weighed Michael down so much and that's the reason why he had the appearance of what he had is because of this big humongous burden of his family secret just resting on his little 10 year old shoulders and it is it's a it's a very dark comedy you know poking fun at you know like the 50s era and the whole you know wholesomeness of like a 50s family but it also shows like a dark side of you know when behind closed doors and everything and it's pretty much like how some families are and how they operate what goes by what goes in this house stays in this house and that's basically what his dad was telling him and like look son you know we don't care that you know that we eat meat you know human flesh but you better not go out <laughs> I'm gonna kill you <laughs> and he was very and he was adamant he was adamant about that and he had to um he had to he had to be like that towards Michael because Michael would have told everybody and then the secret's out and they had to go to jail but you see how they got away with doing that just being that perfect idyllic um, American family and stuff and you know strange shit strange ass shit but it had some laughs but it had some it had some very uh super intense moments um but the person that suffered the most was was michael and and it's and it's and it's really sad it's a very uh sad uh, you know it's very sad it was a very sad movie it was sad, it was funny, it, you know, but it was taken like that dark comedic, uh, you know, like route with it. But you can still see um, how much the horror of all this and wasn't, you know, like no boogeyman or, you know, a person coming out of the lake that has, you know, who, who mom has like killed all the counselors at camp. Camp Crystal Lake needs to get revenge. This is not a man that has revenge on the whole street and everything from the parents um, setting his ass on fire. Um, this is not some man that's from Haddonsfield, Illinois, that is in a mental hospital coming back for revenge to kill his sister and everybody else in the town. This is actually people that look like me and you, your neighbors, the the, the the person that's at your school your teachers and everything um the real showing you the monsters and the monsters that look like me and you wear a mask and god dang that shit's fucked up that shit fucked me up parents really fucked me up it really did but anyways that is enough of my time right there and thank you for listening and i hope you enjoy 
tonight's podcast and stuff. And, you know, Thanksgiving is approaching. So y'all better be checking y'all down meats and tofurkeys and uh, hams and, and chickens and whatever. Your, your, your fried turkeys and shit. Because you never know. It might have a, a human arm or something. You might be gnawing on a human arm. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Y'all could be sitting there eating Tom down the street. <laughs> That'd be fucked up right there. Oh my gosh, that would be so terrible. Now that is a Thanksgiving that you remember. Oh, what's that on the table? Oh, that's just Tom down the street. He made me mad. He ran into my gate. Um, so I killed him and we having him for Thanksgiving. So we'll say that's good times right there. Interesting times. I mean, cops and everything else would be called, but and a lot of people would be puking. But then again, some people might have a very acquired taste for human flesh but anyways that is enough of my time and thank you thank you for listening to this rinky dink train wreck of a horror podcast i am your host keisha lacy and y'all have a wonderful wonderful terrorizing night <laughs>